How's it going? Welcome to the Perfect Faith Podcast. I'm Kurt Klingerman, your host. This is episode 9 of season 5. This one's entitled The Basics, Part 3. So two episodes ago, we started a series about the doctrine of Christ, or the basic elements of the doctrine of Christ, as found in Hebrews 6, verse 1 and 2. And so we've been talking about repentance from dead works, and we're about to transition to basic principle number two, and that is faith toward God. So Hebrews 6, 1 says this, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, or basic elements of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, or let us go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. So that's verse 1. So as we shift into faith toward God, there's one area I want to cover in relation to repentance from dead works, and this will actually make for a great transition into number two here. In part one, of course, we discovered that dead works are anything not of faith, basically anything outside of Jesus. And some might consider them as religious acts rooted in maybe self-righteousness, and they tend to tend to lean towards unbelief, and sometimes it leads people into hypocrisy on top of that. So here's one part to really consider as we focus more on faith because it can have an adverse effect on our walk, and that is this. Be wary of trying to add righteousness to the righteousness that is of faith. In other words, don't try to add anything to the righteousness of Jesus, essentially. We remember in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, it says, He that became, he became sin, who knew no sin, that we might be the righteousness of God through him, meaning Jesus. Jesus is our righteousness, and we cannot add anything to it, right? Otherwise, we run into the danger of becoming self-righteous. The other thing is, too, is don't allow others to superimpose what their idea of righteousness is on you. Okay, people do that sometimes. Don't let others superimpose their idea of righteousness onto you because that can actually lead into bondage if you get trapped by that very thing. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about those things that people think make you righteous that have no scriptural backing whatsoever. In fact, a lot of it's just rooted in the traditions of men. You know, not that... Some traditions are bad, per se, in of themselves, but when they begin to supersede the Word of God, that we run into problems with that. In fact, Jesus talked a lot about that in the Gospels. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, let's be clear. We do have to give one another latitude to be the, you know, speaking to one another, another's lives, meaning we need to be able to maybe bring correction if correction is needed. We need to allow people to say, hey, there's something going on that doesn't look right. And we need to allow for those sorts of things, right? So people can exhort us, encourage us. and But we just need to be aware of not allowing them to bring us into bondage. You know, there, again, a lot of people do what they know. So it's not that there's necessarily anything malicious about what they're doing. But sometimes the things that people say to another have no biblical basis whatsoever. And those traditions of men can lead you into things that make the Word of God null and void in your life. And that's really what I'm talking about. You know, it's just important to remember that there's nothing that we can do on our part that's going to 
make us righteous, much less add to the righteousness of Jesus. I mean, it's really faith in Jesus alone, pure and simple. That's, that's it. That's where our righteousness lies. Um, let me just give you a quick, silly example. Let's say the Lord spoke to my heart, and actually he has, full transparency, that I need to give up donuts, right? So for me, I'm not saying it would be sin, but it would be best if I left them alone. So that's between him and me. Now, if I were to take that and superimpose that on you and say, hey, if you're eating donuts, you're not righteous before the Lord, you know, that, that, it's that sort of thing that I'm talking about, right? I mean, that's, I'm being silly with that, but I just wanted to be able to give you an example of what I'm talking about. We find a, a scripture that addresses this, which is Colossians 2, verse 6 through 8. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments or elementary principles of the world, and not after Christ. Then in verse 16 and 17, it says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or food, or in drink, or in respect of a holy day, or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. So there we have the warning is be careful about people getting you into places of the traditions of man or following vain um, philosophies and so on, right? So let's start diving into now faith toward God. So let's bring some definition to this one. And we'll begin by defining what is faith. So faith is assurance. It means firm persuasion or conviction by inward certainty. And in the Greek, it's this word pistis, I believe it is. It's Strong's 4102, if, for those that have Strong's concordances. This is, of course, in the Greek or the New Testament language. Scripture defines it this way. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, which is Hebrews 11 verse 1. And as we examine this particular passage in the Greek text, we find that faith is the substance or foundation, or it's the essential nature or essence of the things hoped for. It's the evidence or it's the proof of things not perceived by the natural senses. Or simply put, it's God's unseen reality. So it's faith that actually pleases God, and it's not our works, unless, of course, they are works of faith, which that is a topic we're going to touch on probably next episode, I would say, in more detail. Hebrews 11, verse 6, puts it this way, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And that word, diligently seek him, by the way, is not some casual, let's just take a look and see. This is one of those Hebraic phrases that has to do with craving, like you crave to know him, you crave to be with him, you crave to worship him. So it causes you to seek hard after him. It's that type of thing that he's looking for. It's just as Jesus said that we must worship 
God in spirit and in truth, because that's what God looks for, is those that would worship him in spirit and in truth. We find that in John chapter 4. So faith toward God means simply that our faith rests on him alone. I mean, the foundation of our faith is in him. As a matter of fact, let's put it this way. And this might sound like I'm stating the obvious. But without God, we would not have faith. Because it's God who provided us with faith. It's not something that we could manufacture ourselves. So in other words, it is a spiritual principle that is not a head game, if you will. It's not some sort of mental gymnastics. Although sometimes it might feel that way from time to time, to be honest. Romans 12.3 says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to, as God has dealt to every man, the measure of faith. Or it's also put this way in the New American Standard Bible, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Again, as I just kind of talked about a little bit earlier, it's important to maybe underscore that our works will never make us righteous before God. And without righteousness and holiness, none of us have access to God, right? And this is what makes the gospel so powerful, is that God made a way when there was no way for us to reach him. You know, sometimes people ask, well, how do we know Or how do you know that Christianity is the true religion? And the simple answer, the quick answer is this. In Christianity, God reached out to man. God provided the sacrifice. And it talks about God loving us. Just as we read in John 3.16, God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. None of the other religions have that. And all the other religions, it's man trying to reach out to God. It's man trying to create ways to reach out to God. And to be honest, their gods are made in his image. See, that's the one thing, the one big difference between us and the rest. Not to make this an us and them thing, because as humanity, we're in this thing together. But it's why this faith toward God is so important. It's such an important component to the doctrine of Christ. In Romans 5, verse 1 and 2, says, Therefore, being justified by faith. See, there it is. Being justified by faith. Justified means almost like just as if I've never sinned, right? So, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope in the glory of God. You know, in a world that's filled with works or earned love even, this idea of not earning salvation, much less God's love, is really foreign to a number of people. I mean, this really calls for trust on our part that When God says it's by faith, he really means it, you know, that we don't feel like now we have to keep jumping through the hoops. But of course, this can prove rather difficult for those that have control issues, right? You know, it means that they have to relinquish all control 
And that includes the control of their destiny. You know, that's that's what it calls on. I mean, faith is not only, you know, rooted and grounded in, in belief, but it's actually a thing that requires humility. Because if we don't humble ourselves and put faith in God, we'll try to do it on our own and take control of everything, including our destiny or even our eternity. But we do have to remember that he is God and we are not, which means we have to do things on his terms. And part of those terms is faith. Now, some have this strange idea that salvation is based on works and versus our bad deeds or versus our sin. In other words, what I mean is they look at salvation in relation to like some sort of scale of justice, if you will. Like so on, on one part of the scale, you have our good works. On the other side, we have our sin or the things that are, are bad. So if our good works outweigh our bad, then, you know, we're good to go. But what does the Bible say about that? Romans 3, verses 12 through 10 says, As it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks God. All have turned aside together. They have become useless. Now check this out. There is none who does good. There's not even one. So do you see a problem with this scale idea? There are no good works to put on it to begin with. It is actually sin, which is the separator between us and God. So it's sin that has to be dealt with. It's sin that needs to be removed from the equation altogether. And our works would never get that job done. And we know, as part of Christianity 101, we, uh, we know that sin requires a perfect sacrifice. And it couldn't be an animal sacrifice, because by those sacrifices, sin could never be atoned for. And no human being on this planet lived a sinless life, so they themselves couldn't give the sacrifice except one. And that, of course, is Jesus. Jesus is the only sinless one, and he gave himself as a living sacrifice on our behalf. And of, on our behalf. And of course, that reveals the greatest love of all. So again, our righteousness comes by faith in Jesus Christ alone. But, but if you wanna, if you wanna work for it, knock yourself out, right? Romans three verse twenty one and twenty six through twenty six says this. But now the righteousness of God, without the law, is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon them that believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past, through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just, and the justifier of him which believes in Jesus. So those who believe in Jesus are justified. So again, it's all by faith. You know, and then obviously one thing is for certain. Repentance from dead works is connected with faith toward God. You cannot have one 
without the other, you know? So where do works come into the picture? Well, they come in as the result of faith. So Lord willing, we'll address that in more detail in, in the next installment of The Basics. And so with that, the Lord bless you, my friend.